You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, welcome back. Let's talk about fatherlessness. My name is Sean Tice, and I'm excited to have some friends on today, uh, Will and Emily Illingworth. It's great to have you guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to be able to have your stories on. We met, um, I think it was a little over a year ago, you guys started coming to the church we're at in Las Vegas, Liberty Baptist Church. Um, and we met there and we had, I think we had kindred spirits, you know, because we we had similar backgrounds and just different stories. And so I'm excited to have you guys on. Why don't you guys tell, tell us about yourself? Um, actually, just tell us how you found Liberty and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, we were, uh, it was during COVID. And, uh, we were kind of, with everything going on, I didn't really want to send the kids back into a, a public school here in Las Vegas and, uh, just didn't feel like things were going, heading in the right direction, but neither one of us were Christian at the time. So we started, um, looking into churches. First one we went to wasn't a great fit for our family, so we didn't go. And then, uh, as I was looking for the church or, you know, for a private school that we could afford, um, Liberty Baptist Academy came up and we were kind of talking through it. We weren't really sure if that's what we wanted to do, you know, hundred percent because, you know, kind of it's a totally different lifestyle than what we had at the time. And that was on a Friday. And then the next day we had a track in the door from Liberty Baptist mm-hmm. church and it just kind of seemed like things fell into place. And so we gave it a chance. And I mean, it was it's just like a big family there. I mean, you know how it is. And I mean, a lot of people there are family that known each other for their whole life and just, you know, welcome you in. And it just kind of, it was set from there. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, Emily, were you like right on board with that coming to the church? You? Um, I was okay. So, so I was, um, I was raised in a very, like a very uh, strict Baptist household. And like, I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth for it when I was, um, I want to say about, I don't know, 12 years old. My mom kind of, uh, my mom kind of, um, she went to church and my grandparents went to church. A lot of our family went to church, but they did not live the lifestyle um, at home. So it was like, nah, I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'm not sure. But like, I feel like as soon as we, uh, you know, we went for a, um, a, like a, like a tour of the school and then we, we went to church on Sunday and I just felt really at home. You know, everybody was very welcoming and um, it was just a very loving and, and welcoming environment. And I think that's really what um, in the beginning pulled us in. That's great. That's great. So that and now let's just. I want to learn more about the story of the church. Going to church. Let's kind of go back now. You guys have a story of fatherlessness. You both do, and we'll start with you, Emily. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with your story. How you grew up fatherless and the situation you had. Okay, so um, let me see. Uh, I'm I'm from Illinois originally. Um, my my mother and father were never uh, were never married. Uh, they just they dated for a while, and then um, my mom ended up getting pregnant, and like my, my father was just never around. Um, so growing up, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like um, it affected me growing up um, very very much. So I was always really angry, and I had a chip on my shoulder, and just uh, not a lot of guidance because of the fact that my mom was uh, always working two jobs you know, to, to make ends meet and to, um, you know, just to put food on the table for my, uh, I have a, a sister and a brother. So, uh, just really just working all the time and never really around. So we were just kind of left to our own devices. And obviously, I mean, we all know that that's definitely not good for, for children. We get into a lot of trouble. Um, but 
I grew up and I was always wondering, you know, where is my father? Why is he not around? Um, what did I do? I was always kind of, uh, you know, pointing the finger inward, like what was wrong with me? Why didn't he love me? Um, you know, I, I grew up with those feelings and always kind of wanted to get in touch with him. I ended up meeting him as an adult and learning that he was just a really, really troubled person and uh, on a lot of drugs. He was uh, into heroin and into uh, meth. And it was just like, I kind of woke up and said like, well, maybe God kind of took him out of my way for a reason. You know, it did kind of cause a, a lot of heartache for me growing up. But now that I know that it, it just, it kind of made sense um, and made me a little bit less sad about it, but definitely like the, the lack of guidance and um, just the love, you know, was not there for me when I was growing up. So I was a very angry child and got into a lot of trouble. Um, and then, you know, coming to find out that he was that way when I was older, just really kind of put things into a different perspective for me. Yeah. Well, that's such a powerful story. And and now where did church come? So you said there was some church there when you were younger. Did that help in your situation at all? Or was it kind of like uh, you? It did help. Um, it did help because my, uh, I was usually, since my mom was always working, I was usually with my grandparents. My grandparents were um, definitely uh, people of really strong faith and they 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 did go to church regularly. Then they did try to impress that upon myself and and the rest of our family. Um, and I, I did enjoy doing stuff like that. So I think that background and that foundation that I had that they gave me, you know, like by making it as a child, dragging me to church and, and making me go to vacation Bible school and go to Sunday school and all those things, that foundation is eventually what brought me back to the Lord. Mm. Because, you know, you know, you go and you, uh, I'm about to tear up, you go and you, you hear those, you hear those old hymns and like you hear those stories and, and you kind of, it, it, it just kind of like a light goes off in your brain and you're like, I've heard this before. Oh man, this is, this is comforting to me. This is, this is something that like brings me back to being a child and, and, uh, and, and your innocence, so to speak. So like that, I, I really definitely think that that foundation that they gave me and the fact that I was just exposed to that as a young child was huge in eventually bringing me back to the Lord and eventually getting me on track to where I need to be in my life. That's awesome. I love that. Now, Will, tell tell us about your story. How how uh, what happened with you? You had a different situation. Um, how your dad passed away. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, when my mom and dad got a divorce, I think I was three or four. Uh, my dad got custody of me. Um, my mom wasn't fit, and uh, my father was a police officer in Casey, South Carolina. And so I lived with him, and uh, we lived with his parents for a bit um, while he was kind of recovering, you know, from divorce and all that stuff and trying to get his own place. So we lived with his parents <clears throat> and, um, one night it's September 8th. Well, September 7th, he was going into work on a midnight shift. And, uh, that night, in, uh, the early morning of September the 8th, he was in, um, a traffic accident responding to an armed robbery. And he was, um, in a coma from, from that day until February, uh, 28th, 1990 or 1991. I'm sorry. And, uh, so he was in a, coma for almost eight years and so you know that from six to 14 you know i was growing up I, there was positive male uh, role models in my life but um at that time being young and it not being my dad who i you know i knew loved me and i wanted with me and 
it just yeah. it wasn't enough at that time for me you know i didn't i didn't uh i don't know i just i guess it just wasn't it wasn't what i needed it from what i thought i mean i had a my mom's dad was also a police officer and he went out of his way and did a lot of things for me uh and then when he died it was really you know kind of doubled up on that so i really had a hard time um you know finding any any uh comfort going to church anymore my my grandpa was a very religious guy but um i really kind of only really enjoyed going to church just to be with him you know him and my grandmother not so much to be there for for church and for god um and my mom and she did work a lot but she also you know kind of raised me more as a trying to be a friend more so than my mother and you know would did de definitely didn't live a life of a christian went to church sunday mornings only the rest of the time was a completely different lifestyle um you know drinking and you know, not being a little promiscuous behind my stepdad's back and stuff like that. So, you know, just kind of grew up thinking, you know, marriage really meant nothing. Um, don't trust women. You know, this is just the kind of things you're going to see throughout your life. So growing up, I was definitely at a chip on my shoulder like Emily did. I definitely just had a lot of anger when I would see, you know, uh, somebody with their dad or if there was a dad that didn't appreciate their kid or a kid that didn't appreciate their dad, you know, it's really took a lot out of me. And uh, yeah. Just within this last well, a little over a year of finding the church and being saved, like I mean, just finding how good God's grace really can be and all the things that I've done, it just doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's like moving forward now and God just blessed me to to get past all this and to see it, it had to have happened for a reason. And, you know, these things can be uh touched on with other people like how you're doing uh with God as my dad. You know, you found a way to to give that back once uh, you know, you found the grace of God. Yeah, and I love you guys' transformation stories, and even how you both had, you know, roots in the church. Um, there were roots there, uh, and I love how you both define what you went through as you were growing up. Now, talk about teen years. You know, you you uh, both kind of went into your teen years. What were teen years like without that father figure? Um, it was crazy. Uh, I was. Um just no supervision at all. I was, I was, I was out there flapping. <laughs> I was running around. I mean, I was, I was drinking at a very young age. I was, you know, uh, I was into not necessarily hard drugs, but I was into drugs. I, I was doing marijuana. I was, um, just a lot of drinking and, you know, uh, social stuff. And it, that was definitely more important to me than my schoolwork. Um, I was, uh, I was kicked out of school at, uh, in ninth grade, um, I was kicked out of school in ninth grade. I ended up going back and getting my GED, but I mean, I didn't have that schooling because I was just, I was crazy. I was out of control. Uh, and I mean, that definitely impact obviously impacted my life in a, in yeah. a huge way. Um, so I, I didn't really understand like the importance of education and didn't really care about it because I, you know, had no one there to show me otherwise. Um, and then I, I had, uh, older sisters and older cousins. So I was hanging out with, uh, I was hanging around with older, older girls that were doing, you know, things that I wasn't supposed to be doing at, at, uh, you know, 12 and 13 and 14 years old. Uh, I was hanging out with 18 year olds, you know, my cousins and my sister. Um, and it was just, it was terrible. I mean, something that yeah. I would never want, something that I look at my three daughters today and think to myself, like, that is not the situation that I want them to be in um, as far as, you know, guidance and, and what they should be doing as a young woman. 
um, yeah. And that shows how, how it's so important to have that loving father, caring father, and Christian father in your home to really guide you on the right path. Uh, Will, what was it like for you as a teenager just not having that? Because you said your grandfather passed away too, right? Yeah. Um, it was it was a lot of the same. Um, drinking at a young age. Um, but, I mean, but that was, you know, it wasn't like I had to hide it. My mom would supply it. She uh, approved of it. And I mean, that's like at 14, you know, young, like I said, she was trying to be my friend more so. I don't, I don't think she was trying to do anything like bad. I just don't think she really understood you know, that raising me as a good friend or something isn't, it's not what I needed. You know, I needed direction and discipline and guidance. Um, but she just saw it a different way. She was raised very strict and didn't like it. Um, so my teenage years, I mean, I was almost able to do whatever I wanted, you know, I mean, I was drinking, like I said, uh, smoked marijuana, marijuana, sometimes, um, fighting, um, some friends and I would, uh, uh, break into cars, break into houses and do some you know, some awful things like that and not think much of it. Just think that, you know, there's, I guess I thought things were owed to me. I could just do whatever I wanted. You know, it wasn't fair that, you know, my dad who loved me was taken away from me. And then, you know, you've got people who don't have good fathers, who don't have good families or whatever, but their dad is still alive, you know? And so it was just something that always just kind of, I don't know. I looked at it from the total wrong perspective, of course, and um, just got into a lot of trouble, you know, I uh, went to juvie for um, a summer when I was six, 17. Um, so it's just, you know, a lot of bad came out of it. Um, when I got out of uh, juvie, I uh, started uh, started get working and then things just weren't going my way. So I joined the army and uh, and started down that life. You went down that path of, I want to be free, so I'm going to join the army? Is that- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, did that help? Did that help with having those or did that make things worse? being in the army um i mean it helped to to some degree like professionally it helped a lot you know i learned a lot um i was able to uh excel in my job um and i had all the right um attitudes just for the most part at work you know like i knew what i needed to do i knew how to make people do what i needed them to do um but in my personal life it's still it was still the same you know it's a lot of heavy drinking um i'm lucky to have not been killed like drinking and driving or kill somebody else or going to jail i mean there was just so many things i look back on now i'm like man I, not only was i stupid but i was so incredibly lucky that's yeah not now okay so we've talked about the negative we've covered if is there anything else you want to share about um you know adulthood or we, we covered the fathless statistics you guys right. you think, okay yeah. so we've covered that i mean and, and you have a past and the, you know paul says if we forget those things which are behind reach forth unto those things which are before we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus and 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 the thing is, we all have a past. And so the amazing thing is somebody left a track on your door um, over a little over a year ago. And that's an incredible thing. So tell us now, um, tell us what's happened since then, because there's so many people that they grow up fatherless. They have situations like this. Their dad's passed away. There's Their dad's walked away. Their dad's an addict. Um, my dad walked away. He was an addict. I mean, we have these situations. So many people have it, but they're never able to climb out of that that hole, you know, the fodless pit. The Bible says about how how God um, it will set our feet upon a rock, and it pulls us out of a pit, right? And so I mm-hmm. I, I look at that as we're, we're pulled out of a fodless pit. But so many people they just can't do that. They just never find that hope. So tell us about how you came out of that pit, right? And how you were just it, it just changed your family and your life. Um. So 
like I said, we'd started at one church that didn't quite work out for our family. I just started having a feeling that I need to go to church. You know, yeah. I, at the time I was just like, I don't know what this is. Obviously God was trying to, at this point he was pulling me in and letting me know what, you know, now's my time and I need to, I need to listen. I need to open this door and uh, let him in. So I started going to this church and at first um, Emily didn't really want to go. She was kind of uh, not really against it, but she was just apprehensive, you know, like she yeah. had seen like her mom, you know, like she's both of us had seen our mothers go to church, but not really change her life, which meant nothing for us, you know? So we just saw it like that. So the girls, would, our three daughters would go with me. And then Emily came and after a couple of months of being at this church, it just, you know, the kids weren't happy with, with how they were being, uh, not treated, but just, I don't know, just how things were going in their Sunday school and stuff. They weren't, you know, they just weren't feeling the love, I guess, that you should feel when you're at church. And Emily felt the same way during our services. So we uh, stopped going there and I don't know, it was in a couple of weeks that we'd got that track. And when we went there, um, I mean, every, like everything just felt different. We really enjoyed it. We uh, wanted the kids to go to the school so bad because we just saw how close that that place was and just we knew that would be the safest place and the best place for our kids um the school was i mean it's so far ahead of like the public schools here as far as what they're learning and what year they're learning it so that was also important to us and we went to um to join the church we went to the uh, liberty essentials class with pastor tice and um i mean i think that was the first day we met him right was that the yeah. essentials that was the first day we met him we had met pastor matt but we had never met um um pastor tice and so we're sitting in there with him and, and with Miss Anna and, and I don't know, like he was just talking and I just started feeling something and I had, had no intentions of going in that day and being saved at all. I just wanted to go in there and find out what needed to be done. Um, and quite honestly, I was like, I can pretend whatever I need to pretend to get my kids into the school. Like if they need me to say, okay, I believe. And then, you know, how hard could that be to just say it? And uh, I don't know that day he was talking and he really started reaching me and he asked us to put our heads down. He said, if you want to pray for, uh, you know, Jesus coming to your heart and you want to know you're for sure going to heaven, you know, I'm going to say the prayer out loud. You say it in your head. Um, and I immediately just started saying it with him, you know, like, and I could just, I don't know. I just, I felt something happening. Like I, I felt, I don't know. I just started mm -hmm. feeling a weight lifting off of me. I felt like some chills. I felt tears welling up in my eyes. And, uh, so I finished that and I told him, you know, pastor, I made that, I said that prayer, you know, I want to be saved, you know, where I am saved now. And thank you. And he said, well, you know, let's talk about baptism when you get baptized. And I said, well, how about tomorrow? And he said, absolutely, let's do it. So, I mean, it was the same case. You know, we were just, we were just there and, we, and you know, you know how Pastor, you your uncle, you know how well, he, how well he speaks and just how much he moves people. And I don't know, it was just, I don't know that it would have, I mean, I was obviously led here for it to happen at this time, you know, and yeah. I, I can't even, you know how it is. You can't even put really words into it, just how, you know, just how great it is, the, just to get that feeling of, you know, I'm now saved, everything's forgiven. Um, and it's time to just start a new life and hopefully bring other people to Christ. So good. And Emily, what was your experience with that? Um, so, um, so I had been saved at, at six years old okay. when I was, when I was just a little one. Um, and I mean, obviously like there was a long, long period in my life that I went away from the Lord and was really just, I don't, I, I felt like I, I was angry, angry at the Lord because it was just like, how could you put me in these situations, these crazy situations? And I mean, um, I mean, just, you know, seeing my seeing my mom struggle, like through through my childhood and stuff like that, I was I was really, really angry at the Lord. So I really went away from, from him for a long time. Um, 
and I, uh, you know, I had joined the military as well and kind of ran away from Illinois. And uh, I went to Germany. So I went to the farthest place that I could see because I just didn't want to be around the things that I was around anymore. So throughout that, my whole army career, um, you know, I was just really a crazy, uh, angry person. And then um, uh, I was actually medically discharged at 13 years because of a traumatic brain injury that caused me to have uh, just sporadic seizures. Um, when we came here to, um, when we came here to Vegas, um, we decided to move here. My seizures were kind of under control. And then when we got here about a year after we were here, they started to be just crazy. And I was having like two to three seizures a day. It was just exhausting and, uh, and devastating, like devastating to my whole, um, to, to our whole life. You know, I, I was feeling like I couldn't, um, I couldn't have a relationship with my daughters because I, I was, you know, sometimes barely coherent because I was in a seizure or just got done having one. And then I was, you know, I was pretty much bedridden and um, very, very devastated and like just depressed. And I didn't want to do anything. And um, I, I uh, eventually, you know, about, it, that was about a year that I dealt with that. And um, it just, it took a really huge toll on our family and a really huge toll on our relationship. Um, and he's, that is about the time when he started like saying, we got to find a church. We, we got to find something. And then um, eventually throughout that, that period of time. And when we, when we found Liberty, um, is right around the time that we, my doctors were able to find, cause I had to do some trials and error, uh, like trial and error with some medications that weren't working for my seizures. Um, around that time is when they found one medication that started to work for me and my seizures were just tapered off and like started not having them at all. And I actually haven't had seizures for about wow. nine months now. So praise the Lord about that. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of trial in my life really, really kind of brought me into, you know, even when we're, even when we're not, we, we've turned away from the Lord. And even when we've turned away from the Lord, he's still working in your life and he's still uh, making an impact, whether, whether huge or small, um, always making an impact in some way, shape or form. And, um, eventually just starting to feel like I'm going to start crying <laughs> eventually starting to feel like the gratitude for um just being just being alive Amen. but just being alive and then now I'm I'm able to go back to work and I'm able to uh to you know just live a regular life and um just how grateful I am for uh that the fact that God was with me this entire time and has, has brought me through a lot of just craziness. And it, it is crazy that he's brought us from, you know, him in South Carolina and me living in, me from Illinois, like all the way out to Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, all the way out to Sin City yeah. to, you know, come to our worst and then, you know, come to our best because yeah. now things have changed so dramatically and um, our kids are in such a better way. Our kids are, are thriving and doing well and and they're in the word and they're learning about jesus and, and all um, three are saved yeah and all, and all three yeah like this last year have gotten saved and it's just tremendous tremendous gratitude 
And uh, just to, to be able to feel that it's just, it's a totally different feeling and a totally different way of life for us. I, I love that. And now what does it mean to you? Now that, Cause you grew up bodless now that Jesus is your savior. What's it mean to you when I say, you know, God, your God, your dad or God, your heavenly father. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, people always talk about like, Oh, um, a, you know, a biological father is not necessarily your dad because he is just a, a sperm donor altogether or, you know, ultimately. And like, I, I truly believe it. God is our dad because, um, he's, he's the one that's been there. Um, like I said, whether we didn't know it or not, or whether we wanted him there or not, he was there and he pulled us through so many things and, and, and showed us so many different lessons. And, um, we have so many things to be thankful for because of him. And I mean, he does all the things that like, you know, what's a dad supposed to do? He loves you unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. He's supposed to protect us. God protects us. He's, you know, you go down the list of things that, you know, a father's supposed to provide for us. God provides for us. Um, you know, he, he just does everything. I mean, it makes sense that you, that this is what you would call it as God is my dad, because whether you have a dad or you don't have a dad, I mean, once you, once you, you know, ask Jesus to come into your heart, I mean, now you have God as your dad, regardless. I mean, he's going to, he's going to provide for you. He's going to do all the things that you need. Some of these things that maybe you couldn't talk to your actual dad about whether, you, you know, if he's there, you still have God, you can tell him anything. He knows everything. So there's nothing you have to hide from him. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, he knows we're not perfect. He knows we're going to sin. That's, you know, that's why he sent Christ to, to die for us is so that we can have the, you know, all of our shortcomings, all of our, you know, just terrible things that, that make us people. And, but we can repent and, you know, we can be saved because we have that unconditional love of a father. Exactly. And if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're, you're following with what Will and Emily are saying, and you're like, Hey, what does that mean? You know, to ask Jesus into my heart and be saved. And Will, you've already, you touched on a little bit, but um, we have a video on our website, um, godismydad.com, and also on our YouTube channel. You can check that out, What, what it, that God wants to be your dad. And basically what it is, you realize you're a sinner. Your sin's going to lead you to hell. The things you've done wrong, you've lied, you've stolen, you've cheated. That separates you from God, and that's going to lead you to hell when you die. But Jesus died on the cross. He paid the penalty for you, and he loved you so much that he was willing to die on the cross. He rose again, and God sent him to, die, to do that for you. He's a free gift. And all you have to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again and he paid the penalty for you and call upon Jesus to save you. Understanding that you're a sinner and your sin's going to lead you to hell and believing that, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, calling upon Jesus to save you. And that's what Will and Emily, you did. Now, as we, we're about to wrap up here, but I want to ask you one, one, one more question. You went from growing up in your situations that you, you dealt with. We, we use the term in our ministry, breaking the cycle. Um, now what does that mean to you? Now you're going forward. You said your kids are saved. What are some plans for you going forward? I'm breaking the cycle. I'm going to move forward with my life. Well, we, uh, we thought it was like, we touched on a bit. It was important to not just go to church, but you know, we needed our kids to see that we were trying to make the changes because if we're not making those changes, then they're not really going to care because that's what we went through already. So, you know, we're breaking, we're trying to break the cycle of not being there. Um, giving up on marriage. Um, you know, our parents were divorced. I've been divorced. Um, she's been divorced, but you know, now we're, you know, marriage is hard. Um, and, but you've got to work at it. You know, you, you ask God to, you know, give you strength to, to let you understand this a little better to, you know, be able to give in a little bit more, you know, so that it's not, it doesn't always have to be my way. It doesn't always have to be her way. We have to, we have to be a team and we have to come together on these things. And we need to make sure that our children, 
one, we have our children hold us accountable. Like they ask, have you prayed? They ask us, you know, Hey, have you done this? And we do the same thing to them. Like we want them to know, you know, not to be afraid to, if somebody's who, you know, is supposed to be living a certain way, if they, everybody's going to step out of line and there's nothing wrong with a child or an adult or anybody saying, Hey, you know, you need to pray on this or, Hey, you know, you did this wrong or and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not being judgy. You know, that's just, that's helping a brother in Christ, like, you know, not step out of line too much. Yeah. And you guys are involved in the church. Emily, you help, you guys help in the youth group. Emily, I think you're helping with the, uh, the youth um, worship team mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you guys are involved and you're, you're doing things. I think it's just, it's awesome to see you guys plugged in. So you got, you got saved. Um, now you're, you're serving. And I think it's just a wonderful thing to see how your family is just, just moving forward, breaking that cycle. And just thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thanks for being along with us. Any yeah, last thoughts you, you want to share? Oh, well, thank you for having us. Um, I mean, yeah, if there's anybody out there that, that is watching and, you know, is wondering, you know, is this, is this for real? You know, is this, is Christianity a real thing? I mean, like they look no further than like you and us. And I mean, yes, it's a real thing. I mean, we were, you know, were we the worst people on the planet? No, but we certainly weren't the best. We certainly were not on our way to heaven. And I 100% without question can tell you that my life has completely turned around. I'm not perfect. I still make bad decisions and bad, uh, bad choices, but I mean, God forgives me for these things. And I know, you know, now I know better whenever I'm having, you know, when I do step out of line, it's not like, oh, it's not so bad. It's, man, I got to get on my knees and pray and ask for forgiveness for this. So, you know, there's no doubt about it. If you're, if you think you need some help with something, I mean, all you have to do is ask Jesus Christ in your heart and your life will get uh, better without question. Exactly. And get involved in a local church too. Cause that's kind of get involved, yeah. get plugged in and I, I, that's great. And so I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for you having you on and thank you for your friendship. Um, I moved yeah, here in you. Las Vegas in, in December, 2021. You got saved and came to the church in February soon after that. So, I mean, we've kind of been on the same road, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. plugged into Liberty and things like yeah. that. So it's so awesome to have you guys on today. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, man. Thank and you so, so much for having us. We appreciate yeah. it. To learn more about how you can get involved in Fatherless Family Ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources, you can find our books that we have, you can find some even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.